We're at Caven's Group on a Thursday with Josh. I'm Plank. Good stuff on the text line. I feel like I say that every day, but you guys should probably get a cut of the salary with how good the takes are today. 405-651-3439. Twitter, at how about a fresca? I'm kidding. <laughs> at Josh on ref at Plank Show. Every time you say that. Every time. I think it's like the worst Twitter handle ever. It's long. It's not easy to find. With my best friend, my Garmin. When we fill in on that show and Arnie does that, nothing makes me more triggered than that. Have it, I told you this before? It just, it's just cringy, isn't it? It apps hairs on the back of my neck stand up. And listen, I do a lot of cringy stuff. I'm the first to admit it. I accept it. But come on, man. Do I come here every day and be like, hey, there's my best friend, Josh Helmer. It's not your thing, man. I, I love <laughs> you when, love it. I do. I love when Ad How About a Fresca does it. But, yeah, no, it's not. Uh, we don't need Artie Spanier doing it. Just don't do oh somebody else's gosh. shtick. Right. Quit stealing people. Write your own stuff. Get your own writers like Josh and I have. Uh, missed it last night. The uh, 92,000 that showed up. At a Nebraska volleyball game was awesome, ninety-two thousand and three. I I hope people realize they did win. That was the other thing. I'm like, gosh, could you imagine losing that? And I thought it was cool that they played Omaha to fully make it somewhere in Middle America. So that was really cool to see. I, and by the way, I saw Jada Coleman stoking the flames a little bit last night. Did you see it? I see you working, Jada. She. Uh, I want, make sure, I want to make sure I don't paraphrase here to uh, someone who I'm trying to I'm trying to work on an NIL deal to make Jada Coleman the official spokesperson for uh, Gwinnie Beads. Gwinnie Beads. But let me see here. Why, when you type in Jada Coleman, would the first thing on a Twitter search not be Jada Coleman? Why would that not be the first thing that absolutely pops up? You know. Uh, it was along the lines of, hey, got FOMO, but definitely proud. Now something along the lines of, let's see what we can do. Like, But I was really, I think for the most part, Josh, I was happy that we didn't see a lot of, all right, OU, let's go. Because I think we did that show. Didn't we do that show in the summer at some point whenever Coach talked about after senior day that I see Nebraska and I look at the, this football stadium? I think we went through all of the necessities to realize that that would not be a possibility, at least in the current structure of, of Owen Field. Yeah, logistically, you just couldn't even get the field in there? Yes. Even though there were quite a few of you who had already had – Oh, what's the best way to put you had already figured it out. Like you'd come up with you would cut no, actually if they do this guys. So just if you happen. if you changed the dimensions and, and made it just like a fun exhibition, you could probably pull it off, but Right. If you make it a wiffle ball game. <laughs> right. That's that's basically what I'm saying, correct. Right. You just put them out there. Okay, jeez, man. Twitter makes it so hard to find anything. Elon, what are we even doing right now, man? Come on! That uh, that was pretty stinking awesome. Their it their entrance really cool. last night, and <laughs> I loved the uh, they were ready to come out, and it's like, well, wait a second, hold, hold on, up. It's, it's not time, not yet. time. There's rules, there's levels to this. Here's what Jada tweeted. She said, "This is crazy. I'm jealous, 
but there is nothing better than watching women's sports break ceilings. And the if you build it and they will come was in one video. This is it. I thought she had stoked the flames of trying to do it at OU. I apologize. I'm misrepresenting you, Jada. But, yeah, I mean, you see all these people that are over-the-moon pumped for it, and you automatically think, okay, what more can we do? And what a moment, right? Now for Nebraska volleyball, regardless of where they are, who they're playing, what they're doing, anywhere in the country, they're always going to be known as, wow, man, you guys had 92,000 show up for a game. That's amazing. Show up for a match. And the timing of it couldn't have been more perfect. I don't know if Brandon Meyer and Trev Albers planned it that way, but literally, Josh, from a sports perspective, there was nothing on TV last night unless you're a diehard baseball fan. And I mean nothing. And to have this story dominate like it did, it's all over SportsCenter. We're talking about it. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's huge uh, for their volleyball program. It's a, you know, for Husker fans, just rolls you right into game day today. Soda. I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, JP Sooner. OU versus Texas softball in the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> I think they'd have the same spatial issue. Well, all right, I'll work on that one. I'll work on that one, buddy. JP, I'm on it. Josh, tonight, uh, oh, and by the way, anything else in baseball I missed last night? Bryce Harper hit career home run number 300, so he is the 26th player to do it before his 31st birthday. And uh, the Mets won on a walk-off hit by pitch, which is something you don't see very often. And we still have a holdout for Chris Jones, Nick Boza, and the Jonathan Taylor thing got a little weird yesterday, right? Because we find out the Dolphins were uh, asked to trade Jalen Waddle for him, and the Packers are apparently in this mix, which I'm not going to lie, man. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, that's kind of uh, kind of crazy, huh? Packers already have Dylan. They already have Aaron Jones. And now you're going to go out and you're going to try to make a move for Jonathan Taylor? Okay. I'm here for it. So there's an update on all the stories making headlines. Now, uh, tonight you will hear Coach's Corner. Coach's Corner is our weekly show on the Sooner Radio Network and on ES, a Sooner Vision on ESPN+, Plus, where we interview assistants. In, in a lot of ways, it's like the only chance we get to hear from assistant coaches throughout the year. We get the coordinators after the game in Coach Levy and Coach Roof on the Sooner Radio Network. They do press conferences. You, you hear from Brent Venables. He's got a coach's show. He's got a press conference. He's got a TV show. But there's not a lot of – you don't get a lot from the assistants, right? So this is our chance to go all in on some of the big stories with the assistant coaches, recapping the film, previewing the next game. It's a fun show, and it's also available on the podcast. So on Thursdays, we are going to bring you kind of what's the Teddy, what caught my eye, kind of the what caught my ear from Coach's Corner. So you are hopefully drawn in to either A, listen to the whole thing tonight, or B, download it in podcast form. Did I give all the disclaimers that I'm supposed to give to be able to play this? I think I, so. I think you did, yeah. Okay, good. So I'm going to start with Beanbow. And that left side of the line is fascinating, right? You have a newcomer in Jarrett Rouse, um, Jarrett Rouse, in Walter Rouse. You have, I mean, arguably one of the more talked about offensive linemen just based on the aesthetics and based on 
kind of the flashes in Savion Bird. I mean, Savion Bird is a guy that we have we've been waiting for, and he's the starting left guard. Walter Rouse is the starting left tackle. That's two new. New left tackle, new left guard. I don't think I have to lay that out from what the depth chart looked like last year. How has that communication gone? How has that worked between those two? Here's what Bill Beanbow had to say about the relationship between Rouse and Bird, who work in conjunction a lot. And I guess it would help if I actually clicked the play button. I think it's been really good, you know. And, and again, Walter's been kind of learning because Walter didn't go through spring ball. Um but obviously, he's a really smart dude that's played a lot of football. So, you know, you got a really experienced guy at one position on the, on the left side and on the right side, different positions. And then you have two inexperienced guys, and then you got an inexperienced guy in the center. So, again, you, you've got a lot of help along the way, you know. So, um, I think it's been really good. You know, I, I haven't seen any issues. The guys are communicating well. Um, they're pushing each other, um, holding each other to a standard. Did we talk about this yesterday when you watch this offensive line take the field on Saturday, how you've got an experienced player, not necessarily a guy that's played a lot for the Oklahoma Sooners, but an experienced guy in Walter Rouse, inexperienced next to him in Savion Bird. And then on the right side, you've got the experience of McCain Matar, and then you have the inexperience of Tyler Guyton, who, again, Yes, he played last year, but he only started five games. And just the balance of that I find to be interesting because they got to work in conjunction with each other. And I don't know about you, man, I think the left side of that offensive line, I think they've got a chance to be really, really special this year. Oh, no doubt. Bird is uh, he's just nasty. I, yeah. I, limited bit that we've gotten to see him play, but in that limited amount, it uh, has been very, very exciting. And, Rouse, we've heard all these great things about, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's been nonstop. It's been nonstop. By the way, you can find this in podcast form by subscribing to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Uh, search on your however you consume podcasts. Uh, you uh, hold. On, I'm going to make sure that it pops up because I, I don't know if I don't know if my podcast app is listening to me. But I'm pretty sure if you just type in Sooner Sports, it's the first one that pops up. And I, of course, typed out Sooner Sorts so that they pretend like that they can't figure out what mistake I, I made. Yeah, it's the first one that pops up. Sooner Sports Podcast, Crimson Background, White Letters. So it's, it's all there. And it drops tomorrow morning. And, and here on The Ref, which is also available on the podcast, simply search KREF, we get a chance to bring a little snapshot. Can I be greedy with Beanbow and play one more? Be greedy, please. How about the center? How about the center position? This is... How would you describe Andrew Rame's career so far? Like if someone said, hey, how's that center? You know, you guys had a good run of him. Ty Darlington, Eric Wren, Ben Habern, obviously Gabe. Among them. I mean, it's a really good run of Creed. Humphrey is a Pro Bowl player for the Chiefs. How about the guy that took over him? What do you think of the, of the job Andrew Ray has done? How would you describe it? You're not setting up Beanbow. You're asking me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm asking you. Sorry, before I play Beanbow. <laughs> okay, just, just to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I sure as hell would not ask Bill Beanbow to describe Andrew Ray's career. <laughs> right. <laughs> not yet. Not until he's done. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. Uh, my bad. Wise move on your behalf. Uh, I would say 
solid but not sensational, right? I mean, isn't mm-hmm. that sort of where everybody's at with Andrew Raymond? Part of it is, again, the uh, folks that have come before you and, well, one Creed Humphrey in particular, mm-hmm. obviously. So solid but s- still waiting for sensational. I think that's pretty good. I think that's really good. I think that's exactly how I would describe it. Got the injury when it seemed like he was making some headway, and he had to learn. He had to learn. To, you had your same coach, but there was a different way of doing things last year. So it's almost as if he gets got into a groove of understanding, and then everything changed for him. So I had that. I mean, obviously, you want to know how it's going. Where have you seen his biggest growth? How has he? How has he handled what year three? Going into the season as the starting center. You know, I think just in everything, really. You know, and again, you look at it, he's been here for, this will be his fourth year. So you say, okay, he's been here a long time, which he has. And, um, but he's only started 15 games. You know, he was a true freshman, got hurt both the last two years, you know, and missed games. You know, had, uh, had a situation early his uh, sophomore year where he didn't play for the first few games because of whatever reason. But, um you know, he just hadn't played a lot, but he's an extremely smart kid. He's as good right now as he's been at any point, um, you know, in his career here. He's healthy, um, feels good. You know, I think we've done a lot of good things to help all these guys stay healthy and stay fresh throughout this fall camp. So, um, you know, again, feel good about Raym and, you know, where he is and his leadership and obviously his ability to get everything going in the right direction. And what – so I, I just chopped these up so you didn't have to hear my question in it. What is that development of leadership, what does that look like? You know, I think, um, you know, the biggest thing is understanding. And this is the hardest thing about leadership from a player, I think, because um, they're your buddies. But at some point you can't be friends. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, when to be hard and when to pull back, you know, and – you know, that's hard for me, too, quite honestly, you know. And, um, you know, but um, that's where I think all of these guys have grown. And, and some of it is talking to them and, you know, hey, man, there, there's a time to be hard on guys and there's a time to, you know, pull back and encourage, you know. So um, and then just just the experience, you know, of, of being here, you know, and understanding me and, you know, what I expect and all those things. So I think. You know, he's grown in every aspect of his game. Josh, pretty promising stuff on Andrew Raymond. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. It, going into this being, this is fourth year there, third year where he goes into the season as the starting center. He does, like, so three times 12 is 36. And to think that he's only started in those three seasons 15 games, I'm not kidding. I that I was shook. That blew me away. He's played uh, a lot of football at uh, Oklahoma, and he he's going to get credited right with a lot of the successes of this offensive line if things go well, and obviously the opposite, I think, too. All right, quick break. That's the offensive side. We talked to Todd Bates, and we talked about numbers, not player numbers, Numbers, rotation, what does it look like? What does he want to see? How many guys does he want to be able to rotate in? Now, I want to make this clear. 
those are skewed probably against an opponent like Arkansas State, right? You're going to see a lot of dudes because there's a, a really good chance this thing could get out of hand on Saturday. But when you get into the regular rotation, what does that look like? We'll dive into it next. We're on the road at Cavens. We are every Thursday, cavensgroup.com. Emergency response for water, fire, mold, hazmat. Call them today, 405-573-3048, cavensgroup.com. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We're on the road at Cavens. Cavens Group on a Thursday. Scary Gary asks a great question. Does the ref have events going on for the game Saturday? Mm. Well, I am I am glad you asked because to say we have events going on around the game would be a dramatic understatement, uh, Scary Gary. Though I wonder with the name Scary Gary, do we want to let them know where we are? I mean, that seems concerning, right? Give yourself a name like Scary Gary. All right, we're at Balfour of Norman from 7 to 10 a.m., and at that same time, we'll be at Boyd Street Ventures. Uh, Toby and Ted will be over at Balfour of Norman. I'll be at Boyd Street Ventures. We're there from 7 to 8. Steelman is at Balfour from 8 to 10. Uh, Tyler McComas is at Boyd Street with me from 8 to 10. And then immediately after the game, at O'Connell's post-game with Tyler and Travis. And then tonight, Josh, 6.30 for the pregame as Cavens Group brings you the Crosstown Clash, where we have a pick'em line right now. Uh, if you want to go to don'tbetonhighschoolevents.com, Correct. Josh has a pick'em line. Hey, speaking of high school, uh, uh, Coach Beller is going to join us. Brad Beller tomorrow, too. Get a little snapshot. As you know, I'm working on sponsorship for this. If TJ can get free food and Chick-fil-A can become a sponsor of the Countdown Clock, uh, I'm pretty sure I can give free love to my hometown. Oh, my hometown, listen to me. I grew up there, Josh. I remember my family taking the cattle across the cattle, not letting them go across the cattle guard. But, no, uh, from where I live to support the Warriors. Big one Friday night. Big one Friday night. But, yeah, Scary Gary, come on up, man. We'd love to see you and all of Sooner Nation. Plus, they're doing some really cool stuff. I heard, speaking of really cool stuff, I heard from the crew – at uh, Native American Artistry, or Artists. And they're going to be doing a live painting demonstration during our event. So that's really cool. They've, I think you've seen them on Twitter. They did what, Jada, Jocelyn. It's really, really cool-looking stuff. So they're going to be out there with us on Saturday. Okay, are you ready for Todd Bates? Let's hear from... The defensive line coach. Any anything else from uh, Bill Beanbow you can find tonight? We talk about the right side. Talks a lot about Tyler Guyton, and, and also about some of the depth that needs to be provided. It's Plank Show. We're on the road at Cavens Group. Uh, let's get to Todd Bates. The number. Todd Bates was asked sooner defensive line. Uh, he's got quite a title. It's like associate head coach, assistant defensive coordinator, run defense, and defensive tackles. And he was asked about a number, right? How many number of DTs do you want to play? What do you want that rotation to look like? Week by week, it's always the guys that earn snaps. But any coach, man, D-line coach, you want to have, you know, six guys that can play winning football. And that's always the goal because at some point in time, it's such a physical position, you're going to be missing somebody. And you overcome that by depth. You overcome the injuries by depth that you possibly may have. And you kind of, 
got to expect Murphy's Law on that. It's going to happen. What can't go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> and um, if you've got the depth, you're able to overcome it. If you don't, you'll, you have to do a better job of hiding it with your, pers- with your other personnel. Six. Six. Now, and that had been – I don't think that's any breaking news. I think he talked about that before. But you want to – I guess if you look at the depth chart, there's six dudes on there, and I guess what? We would assume those are the six guys? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty easy uh, conclusion, I think, to make, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I started to think, gosh, I wonder who all that could be. But literally, there are, there are six guys on the depth chart. So I don't think you necessarily have to work too hard to say, man, who's going to be those six guys for Oklahoma come the, uh, come the game this weekend? Because we know that, let's see here. Well, I guess there's a few more. Oh, there's Jonah Lula. Jordan Kelly, Jacob Lacey's not going to play this weekend. Grayson Halton, Devin Sears, Isaiah Cole, Dejon Terry, Dejon, DJ is what I'm going with, Kevin Gilliam, all right, Kelvin Gilliam, and Ashton Sanders. So here's. So he's got, he's got eight on there. I'd say, I mean, obviously, Jonah Laulu and Jordan Kelly and Isaiah Coe. And in. Dejon Terry. I mean, those four for sure. And then probably uh, Sears or Halton or Gilliam. Okay. Well, we followed up with, hey, six. We know it's unlikely we'll see Jacob Lacey early in the season. But, Todd Bates, would Jacob Lacey be in that six? Jacob Lacey, um, he's a... He's shown that he's a master of the things he can't control. And um, the kid has worked so hard and just always been ready. Like, even the times that he's been out, he's been staying up on install and things like that. And you plug him back in the, the moment he gets back, and you don't have to dial back the install. He's ready to operate on full cylinders, hitting on all, on all um, you know, cylinders. So I just feel, man, very confident in him. And um, that, yes, he will be in that rotation and, um, you know, have a chance to be one of the guys and compete for a starting job. So he's um, – he, I'm, I'm looking very forward to him, man. He's a technician, guy that's going to come out there and put his hands on people and be physical and um, just play with great technique and fundamentals. I, I will take all of your apologies for everyone that when I brought up – man, I'm hearing great things about Jacob Lacey. I got scorched that day he's not playing he's hurt i heard he's not even at school <laughs> is he even did he even come and i'm like bro he, he i just i hear good things i don't know we'll see what what happened did you did you keep receipts no i i let that one go as you can tell rather quickly oh just, yeah <laughs> i like it listen just because a guy's dinged doesn't mean you can't hear good things about him and obviously it was a pretty scary situation that jacob lacy had to go through but he, he – I think Todd Bates chose his words there too, Josh, because what did he say? He's very confident that he can be one of the six guys, right? Not saying, oh, yeah, he's one of the six, but very confident that he's a guy that can get in there and battle for a starting job. What he said – okay, your choice. We can either talk about Isaiah Coe or Jonah Lula. Which one would you rather hear here? first let's uh let's hear about jonah but i'd love to hear about okay. both 
which you know what? Let's just break all the rules. Uh, Jonah Laula has a nickname from Todd Bates in his move. Well, eight ball can ball, and um, <laughs> that's what I call him. Um, he he has he's really worked at it, you know, committed to it. And when you got a guy that's committed like him, who is going to do whatever it takes to help the team, he's a team guy, and um, he he just has the best perspective. And you know, he didn't blink when we asked him to put on weight. And, you know, he, he, he woke up and he was, you know, he got up and grinded and got up to 290 plus, And that's going to help this team, man. I'm just excited about him and, you know, wish more guys. I mean, we, we got guys that have that type of mentality, but just, you know, not even question it. You know, that's what that guy did. He didn't question anything and just got, he just did what we asked him to do. And he always over delivers and um, he's going to make us better this year because of that. Now, we had this conversation yesterday with Toby in the crossover. I love the nickname 8-Ball, but it's kind of one of those where you got to be careful with it, right? Yeah. Using it? Yeah. No, nothing like a good 8-Ball, right? All the chumps in the backfield for Arkansas State are not looking nimble because they're full of 8-Ball. Jonah Laulu with a stop. 8-Ball. Got him again. Uh, all right. The, one final thought. Again, these are cuts from Coach Scorn. You're going to hear it tonight. Make sure you check the show out. This is just a very small portion of the amazing information that's going to be available on Sooner Radio Network, Sooner Sports Podcast, and on ESPN+. Plus. You asked about Isaiah Coe. Uh, so did we there. Man, he again, another kid that's really grown in, in understanding the game and being a student of the game. He's really applied himself. So some of the things that he done naturally last year, those flashes you're talking about, um, he knows why they happen now. He knows why he was able to make those plays. And a lot of times, you know, if you look at some of the stunts that he made plays on, it was because he was patient. And a lot of guys rush those things, and it all works together. We have a saying in our room where we say everybody eats or nobody does. <laughs> and it's about, getting the, it's about getting your buddy through if he's a penetrator and you're the rapper on a game. And um, you don't want to look like independent contractors. It's all <laughs> got to be the same, man. And those guys have all bought into it. And I just can't wait to get out there on the field with him this week. There you go. There. Whoa, 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 Man, whoa. Ah, ah, ah. I love Todd Bates. He's great, isn't he? He said, I, I kind of zoned out there, but when he was talking about Isaiah Cohen, he said he now understands the why. Like he'd make a play, but now he understands the why, like why that happened and what you did to make that. It's just, it's really cool. I thought that um, I'm excited for Isaiah Cohen. I hope he can stay healthy. I, can, I hope he can take that next step. So there you go. There's a preview of the show tonight. Does this not help sell the show, Josh? I think it does. How could you not tune in to hear the rest of that? I think we even have the show here on The Ref, if I'm not mistaken. Ye- no, 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 we won't because of high would. school football yeah, time. N- yeah, normally no. we would, though, yeah. All right, quick break. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line has been on fire. Uh, you react to any of that that you want. We got our top five stories of the day coming up. At the top of next hour, and a very busy Friday. Now, I know we have Joe C. Day tomorrow, going to be out at Neighborhood Jam. It's an OEC Fiber football Friday. So on tomorrow's show, we're already loaded. We're going to hear in the return of Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports in his time slot. What do we have? 840 or 945 last year. So Lee Sterling is back. 
Uh, Brad Feller will join us. I'm sure we'll have reaction from the Crosstown Clash. So we got all of our high school football covered at krefsports.tv. Plus, the analyst on the TV network, Roddy Jones, former Georgia Tech star, will join us on the Plank Show tomorrow. But for now, we got work to do. When we come back to Cavens, the best of the texts, next on The Ref. Tonight at 6.30, join Josh Helmer and the entire Norman North and Norman radio crews as we cover the Crosstown Clash locally on our affiliate 1400 and 99.3 FM. If you're outside the market, krefsports.tv or even in it, so are you guys doing the first or the second half, Josh? Has that been decided yet? Myself and Peyton Brown, we are half number two. So we'll okay. uh, get to, who knows, close up shop on potentially a dramatic crosstown clash tonight. And then uh, Andrew Himes, Connor Pasby bringing you quarters one and two. Do they just go home when they're done? I think I would. It's like, I did my work here. I don't care. No, no, is. they'll hang oh, no. out and, and do some <laughs> spotter work and so on and All so right. forth. All right. Uh, to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, which, as we have told you a bazillion times here on The Ref, is the best way to stay in touch with the show. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Um, right off the top, the first text I see when I open it up. Did you, Josh, ever watch the Netflix series Swamp Kings? That's right. We were supposed to. No. <laughs> No, I did not. I I did. I did. Very disappointing. It is. I heard Paul Feinbaum talking about it on Andy's podcast. And he's like, I, I was watching it, and I guess they used a couple of clips from him. And he told Andy while they were doing, while he was answering questions, there was a person there from Netflix that when he would answer it would say something along the lines of, and, you know, Urban was responsible for the success. Like, literally, if he would say, like, yeah, you know, it's kind of out of control. And the person would be like, but they were really fun to watch and cover because Urban was their coach. And Feinbaum was like, yeah, um, I, what? <laughs> like, they had some hype man in on the interviews to try to make sure that it was skewed towards towards Urban Meyer. Do you want me to answer these questions honestly, or would you just like to uh, prepare a written statement for me? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd rather give you my opinion on this than try to sit here and talk all in. That is borderline unbelievable. He, that's what he said. He's like, I was I was in shock. He goes, and it's just Netflix. And he also added, and this was weird. I, I don't get to list. I can't list. Paul Feinbaum will even admit to you. He's like, listen, man, I, the troll takes apparently are worse in 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 paper and on TV than they are on his radio show because apparently on his radio show, he just lets his callers be the crazies. And then when he gets on ESPN, it's like, I think I think Nick Saban's coaching for his job. He's coaching for his legacy. You're like, what? But he said more people have recognized him from the Netflix series than anything he's ever done. Because it's like a completely different crowd because of, you know, sports people see him as like, oh, gosh, there's that. There's that dude yelling at clouds that covers college football. But now Netflix, you might stumble onto it as just another thing you want to binge. Interesting. It's not very good. Don't waste your time. If you haven't watched it, don't watch it. There is 
there's not even really a mention of Percy Harvin, uh, or, or at least to the degree that there should be. There is nothing about Aaron Hernandez. There's nothing about any of the off-the-field issues. Nothing about Cam Newton, nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I hope that is a thorough enough reaction to it. This is from the 405, Josh. Totally understand playing young guys and getting them experience for the future. Definitely a draw for recruits as well. My question is, in the future, could it potentially send older guys to the portal who don't love the idea of sharing time? Well, that, I mean, that kind of depends, right? Danny Stutzman isn't sharing time with anyone. Woody Washington isn't sharing time with anyone. I mean, at least from what we've seen so far, Josh, it doesn't appear as if, you know, Bill, and maybe Billy will with, with Peyton Bowen, but Billy Bowen doesn't seem to be, Billy Bowman doesn't seem to be sharing time with, with you, you know what I'm saying? It's Sure. We're, we're talking rotations because it's early in the season, and this isn't, this isn't like Alex Grinch style. This isn't that mindset of, oh, yeah, you're going to play 80% of the snaps or something like that early so you can be better in the, at the end of the year. You know, when this – Brent Venables, at least from what I've seen, they're going to play the dudes that make plays. And they've determined that they just didn't have the depth to be able to do it last year. So I, I just – I understand where you're saying. I understand where you're coming from. But that's, that's kind of the farthest thing from my mind. And I think, at least to me, part of that is the sales job. If you have faith in your coach and you have faith in your position coach and a belief in your strength coordinator and, and Schmitty, then you're going you're gonna to do what they say. If they're like, hey, it's best for you that you played three series, going to take these next few series off, and then you'll be fresh and ready, th- then you're fine with it. It's, I mean, I think it's a matter of just how, you, how it's presented to you and then in that, how important it is to be as fresh as you can be and, and to win, most importantly. I would say more concerning for younger guys if you don't get them a little run that they're going to enter the transfer portal than it is for older guys. Hey, why am I sharing mm-hmm. this meal with my, my <laughs> teammate, right? And, and the bottom line for me is probably this more than anything, Plank. Everybody, anything you do now. You're worried about, okay, is this going to send so-and-so to the transfer portal? Is this going to upset them? And and you could live in that world with every single personnel decision you make, and I just don't think you do. I I just, Mm -hmm. you know, you just can't. You just have to operate what is best for our football team, what best positions us today to win, what best positions us tomorrow to win, and so on and so forth. You just can't live in the world of, ah, well, I don't want them to enter the transfer portal. It's a it's a concern, but I don't think you can live in that fear. You got to play the guys who best give you a chance to win the game, and good players are going to transfer from your program. It's, I mean, I, a starting defensive tackle transferred from Georgia. You know, starting wide receiver, or at least uh, Judge Orell. I don't know if he would have been starting or not, but at least a guy that would have been in the rotation from Alabama transferred. You're going to lose good players. It's just the reality of it. But you got to make sure you can do everything you can to you know, make sure you're getting the most out of them and providing for them. Uh, two other quick ones here. Just a question, gentlemen, right sooner, Chris. I hear on your station that we may or could go 11-1. and one. Who is the loss? 
Texas? Also, could you advise time and place of the champions walk? I feel like I feel like Josh most people who have projected Oklahoma to be 11 and 1 that is the one loss, right? Because as it stands right now and again this is very early, you never know what T- I, I still think TCU is really good. And you never know what other pitfalls could be awaiting once you get into Big 12 play. But I I think most people have projected either that or the trip to Oklahoma State begrudgingly just because of the emotions in it. I mean, I I don't see many people projecting an L even to, to BYU. A Gabe is, but I don't see many people projecting even an L to TCU. I mean, it's fair to say most are looking at OU Texas as the biggest problem for the Sooners on their schedule, period. Silence would mean an agreement. And then one more here, quick one. Clinton Tulsa writes, the best part of the depth chart is defensive line. There's eight dudes. Whereas in previous years, we'd have been lucky to have five. Yeah, and they want to play six, right? They want to play six. And they have the eight dudes on there. You just heard from Todd Bates. What was his point? Hey, man, I want to, I want to be able to have six dudes. And I don't think they've had that. Now, you're right, they have eight. And, and maybe one of them is not going to play on Saturday because of an injury issue or a, a health issue, and yet he's going to factor into that rotation. And then we'll, you know, you'll see depth. It's just, just something you haven't seen on the interior of that defensive line in quite a while. And not six dudes were, you know, hey, toss a name out there. Six that they can trust. All right, uh, let's break. That's the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Top five stories of the day coming up right around the corner. Uh, one more piece of audio, something that caught in my ear that I don't think we've talked about enough next on the ref. Uh, let's hammer through a couple of just instant instant text to the text line, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Well, on the road today, Cavens Group, 405-573-3048. Emergency response, water, fire, mold, hazmat. Program that number in your phone so you have it, 405-573-3048. And the presenting sponsor of tonight's Crosstown Clash uh, from the 405. The Swamp Kings documentary, it was literally an Urban Meyer fluff piece. Very disappointing. Oh, I agree. I agree. For the 214, I'm ready for TU football tonight. Love what I'm hearing from Kevin Wilson. Me too. And I'm, I'm really... I'm really excited to see how Bra- uh, Braylon Braxton looks. I've heard good things. Braylon Presley. And, of course, you know, I mean, I've I've got a favorite player. I'm not trying to be too much of a homer here, Josh. But whenever it comes to the Golden Hurricane, I I, I might have to put my 48 jersey on tonight to watch Owen Ostrowski. The pride of Holland Hall. Edge rusher lookout. They got a lot of depth on that defensive line. I'm excited about it. Postal Sooner asks a question that I cannot answer. Did I miss something? I thought we got the wide receiver West Co. Um, Sir Parker Thune is going to be on this program tomorrow, <laughs> sitting in for Josh. Well, I didn't even think about that. You get to sleep in tomorrow. That's How's right. That? Yep, late night and no biggie, baby. 
Uh, Bryant Wesco committed to Clemson. So, I think what that was, my gosh, wasn't that in like June or something? Was that a troll? Are you trolling right now? Uh, Jim in Arlington writes, OU is 0-2 in the last two games with BYU. On the road, big decade game for the sister wives makes me nervous. You're not alone, man. I see a lot of people freaking out. Go beat them. You're better than them. Go beat them. Uh, <laughs> Bumpy Rhodes. Got my TU season ticks. Excited to see Brennan Presley tonight. Oh, sorry. Braylon Presley tonight. Go TU. Look at the Golden Hurricane representing on the show today, Josh. The alma mater looking to start 1-0. and They might not be done after that. They might just, you know what? I'm not going to try to get too carried away here. And, you know, maybe this is my TU homerism coming out. But if uh, if Tulsa can take, they're going to take care of business against Arkansas Pine Bluff. If they can then go and beat Washington, I see no reason why game day shouldn't be in Tulsa for OU Tulsa. We'll see if we can make it happen. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it's, most people are projecting that. Dude, if Tulsa goes and beats Washington, that's awesome. Um, Seth in Piedmont says, I posed this to Tyler McComas yesterday, but was wondering y'all's opinion. How many AP spots OU could move up with a dominant win this weekend? I, it, it all depends on what happens around you. Like if LSU dominates Florida State or vice versa, one of those teams is going to tumble quite a bit. But I would just – this is my suggestion, Seth. I don't care about that until you're 4-0 or 5-0 and you're moving up the charts. We've seen teams ranked very high in the past that didn't quite meet the expectations. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with chilling on how high they go. All right, quick break. When we come back, top five stories of the day right here on The Ref.